And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way, Wilson. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa. That has not changed, that probably will not change. And if it does change, it won't be Lupa's Bits anymore. It'll be somebody else's bits and pieces. Um, Yeah, episode 90. Can you believe that? Holy moly, I've done 90 of these. Good gravy, and you're still sticking around. What's the matter with you? Anyway, episode 90. Um, I have a couple of things before I get to housekeeping. I have my live studio audience in my ear, but I can't hear him because he keeps walking away from the microphone. First thing I want to say is a happy belated birthday to our fearless leader, David K. Montoya. Um, He is another year older. I'm not exactly sure if he's another year wiser, but time will tell. I want to remind... (laughs) <laughs> I got the look. <laughs> um, he keeps coming up with these really crazy ideas. And it's scaring me. Um, it is also, this month, the month of May, is also the 30th anniversary of the Jason Dark Myth Company. Yes, that's right. 30. I almost, I almost took a line from his podcast. 30 years. Yeah, I almost said, that's right, boys and girls, because we had been talking about that earlier. 30 years. Can you believe that? 30 years. Yes, he started this company when he was 15 years old. That tells you how old he is now. (laughs) Notice how I kind of worked that in without actually having to say how old he is. (laughs) So, yeah. 30 years, and I have been a part of the company for four years now. Four? I feel like I've been saying four years forever. So, raising a toast to the Jason Dark Myth Company. Happy 30th birthday. Let's go for another 30 more. All right, so let's get to housekeeping. Um, I'm sorry about the condition of my voice. I will explain in a minute. Let me get through housekeeping before my voice may decide it's not going to be there. All right, move my live studio audience. I need to find. I don't have my my mouse mouse, my separate mouse. So I'm using the laptop mouse, and you know, <laughs> there could be cursing. It could be a thing. Okay, so number one, Dark Myth Publications' newest release musings from me. By me, <laughs> um, is out, and as of today, the tenth that I'm doing this podcast, it is my it is my uh, book birthday. It is the birth of that book. It is live everywhere. You can get it on MythMart.com. You can get it on Amazon.com. 
and you can get it on Amazon.ca for my Canadian listeners. Um, I would prefer if you got it on MythMart, my American listeners, because then I get a bigger chunk of the royalties. Thank you very much. But yeah, it is out and... Sorry, I had to reach onto the floor. I have it here in my hot little hands. And, um, I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm very proud of this book. When I was gathering, and I mean, there's still poetry out there that didn't make it into the book, um, just for personal reasons. Uh, there's poetry I didn't have access to when I was compiling the poetry for this book. We'll get into that after I'm getting sidetracked. It's, it's my book birthday. Uh, now, it says here that um, because you have been a loyal fan of my podcast and you have stuck with me through most of the emotions that are in this poetry, uh, MythMart is going to run the sale for one more week. We ran it last week for all of those who wanted to get in early and get a pre-release copy. We are going to run it again for one more week. And you type in L-U-P-A-M-U-S-I-N-G-S-10 at checkout on MythMart, and you will receive a 10% discount. All right, moving on to number two, because I'll talk about my book all night. New Wave Comics website is up and ready for consumption. Go and have a boo. Go to www.newwavecomics. That's N-U-W-A-V-E-C-O-M-I-X.com to find out about all the new visions for this rebranded division. Um, yeah, go check it out. It's really cool. Number three, MythMart is currently in the works uh, to open a West Coast branch to serve the customers in that region. And with all that we have to offer, I think that we need to start expanding to, you know, West Coast, East Coast, North, South, you know, different countries maybe. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the MythMart, we have a lot with the Jason on Dartmouth Company to offer. So Myth Mart is now going to be, we're going to have Arkansas Myth Mart, and we are going to have Myth Mart West. So uh, with May here, we begin the countdown to the 10 year anniversary of the Jason and the Jason Modcast. And Dave said he wanted to do a massive all in one podcast which means all of us on the podcast network would get together on one podcast at the same time. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't even, wow. That would mean, that would be Mike and Jason and me and Jenna. And I heard a rumor, a small rumor, maybe, might be able to get the cast of Seeing Red to pop in, or at least a member or two. We'll try for that. Um, yeah, so could you imagine? Oh, I can't even. Just the thought of me and Mike and Jason on the same podcast is kind of scary. Anyway, so yeah, that would be so cool. 
and to celebrate that 10-year anniversary and maybe something cool for PCE as well. You never know, because PCE is happening in November. I didn't tell you that. Shh, keep it a secret. <laughs> I think it was officially announced over on uh, Mythbits, but, uh, you know, we're going to pretend that I just announced it. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't listen to Mythbits. The... Wow, my tongue just stopped. Just, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> it's pretty much the only muscle I haven't overworked today. Um, and finally, the top 10 contestants. Good thing that I can understand what the what he's trying to say and not what he wrote. <laughs> he is kind of adorable, but, you know, I'm biased. The top 10 contestants moving into round two of the Open Contract Challenge are, in no particular order, other than the fact that this is the way they're written, number one, Jim Bates. Number two, James Hyde. Okay, I'm not clapping for everybody, <laughs> just because I just don't have it in me. Number three, Christopher Keene. Number four, James Rumpel. Number five, okay, please don't come at me if I butcher your name. I am going to say it as it is written. I, I'm not even sure. Okay. I said it the other day. Um, okay, so it's Euro for me, Yam for you. Don't come at me. Just send me a message and tell me this is how I pronounce your name. Okay. Haley Wolf. Oh. I always butcher poor Glenn's name. Glenn Bresciani. Hopefully I got it right. Terrence Hester. Chris Keene. Hold up. That's the same person. Okay. Ah, okay. All right. So I've just had confirmation that this is a father-son thing. So it's Chris Sr. and Chris Jr. Cool. Okay. And... Boriana Ananieva. I haven't said that name in a long time. So congratulations to our 10 contestants. Oh, but wait, there's more. Remember way back, we said there was going to be a wild card. That the, the previous winner from the year before, who is the judge for this year, was it no Walter gets to choose the what because Walter is the the um, manager of the the uh, having ish, word issues you know what I mean he runs the show um, he gets to choose the wild card so Walter has chosen his wild card for the 2022 year and that is Robert P Atone so congratulations Robert for getting on in there you obviously impressed walter so that's a good thing um yeah so that is housekeeping and i wish you all of you the very best i know quite a few of you um as contributors to the world of myth magazine so it's very cool to see people that i have read their work um i have nothing to do with the contest i'm not affiliated with the contest other than I tell you about the contest. So, 
just want to throw that out there. Dave has Dave has nothing to do with the contest either. This is Walter's show. <laughs> he created the contest four years ago and went here and walked away. He tends to do that. He comes up with these great ideas, drops it in somebody's lap and walks away. Anyway, so I I am not rooting for anybody in particular. I am wishing everybody the absolute utmost, utmost bestest of luck. And let the games begin. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Let's get ready to... I don't know. I can't think of a good word to use instead of rumble. <laughs> Let's get... Oh, see, I just got uh, I just got an insider's information on as to what round two is. <laughs> I'm not telling you. Have fun. That's all I'm going to say. Have fun. Okay, so now that I'm done with the official crap, I mean stuff, housekeeping. <laughs> um, I can close this screen. Hopefully I don't close everything and just the screen that I want to close. There we go. Okay. So we're going to minimize the Audacity program. <laughs> um, my live studio audience is showing me he has two copies of my book. I'm not sure why he has two copies, but he has two copies of my book. The last time he had two copies of my book, of the same book, I autographed them. And I wrote half the autograph message in one book. And the other half of the autograph message in the other book. <laughs> He's got to do what now? Oh, I do. Yes, I have to continue on to add my my uh, message because I did say to be continued. Anyway, all right. So it's been a week, people. Holy moly. Yeah, you know, I always joke that uh, if I want to get a good workout and I need to lose some weight quick, come to my sister's. That is no joke. And it dawned on me today. My sister and my brother-in-law are in the process of finishing the renovations to sell their home. And um, it seems like the house has been in a constant state of renovation <laughs> in the three years that they've lived here. But um, I said to her today, I said, you know, after you sell the house and they're going to take the kids, they're going to homeschool and they're going to travel for a few years until it gets to the point where the kids need to actually be in a physical school. Like, where, where am I going to go to work out? out? Where, where, where's, where's my gym going to be? I'm like, I actually have to get a membership, membership somewhere, but the thing is, is I travel, so having a membership at home is pointless. I mean, I thought about getting, like, a, a Planet Fitness one, but I don't think there's a Planet Fitness in my hometown. Um, and I don't think there's one near where Crystal lives. I'm pretty sure there's one in Midland, so it would be kind of pointless. I only ever use it when I go to California or Florida. So, anyway, yeah, what, 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 what? I'm going to have to start taking this, excuse me, do you need help or anything? I need to work out. And just ask those strangers if they have a, a go for a drive. If I see they have a dumpster in their front yard, I will stop. Say, hey, do 
Do you remember this? I need a good workout. Can I help? I have references. I have references. I'm reliable. Anyway. So, yeah. So far, um, up until... today did I do yesterday? Um, oh, yesterday was shared work. Yeah, up until yesterday, it's been mostly painting trim. Okay, no, it's been all painting trim. There's no mostly about it. It's painting trim. And painting trim. And priming. Okay, there are these... I think there's six of them. So there's these windows. And... There's these boards in between each window. Now, you need to understand that the basement used to be, like it was a finished basement, but it was finished in, like, 1970s. Swinger porn hangout. So it had, like, the shag carpet, and it had the sauna inside, and it had, like, the paneling on the walls, and, you know, the really gaudy lamps that hung from those ugly chains, and, yeah, you know, you throw a couple of those beanbag chairs on the floor, and you've got yourself an orgy space. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, that got, got ripped out real quick. Real quick. Now it looks totally different. Like, we ripped out walls and we moved the entire outside wall of the house. We moved it three feet out. Um, and so, but we kept the windows. So there's these windows and they kind of lean. This wall has an angle to it. And there's these wooden, um, I don't even know what you would call them, separators, dividers, posts, in between each window. Now, the windows only come halfway down the wall, so the rest of the halfway down the wall. Drywall. Now, these posts were, I don't know, stained brown, waxed brown, nicotine stained brown, I don't know, they were brown. So... Somebody slapped a coat of paint on them, and the tannins from the wood and the stains started bleeding through. So I looked at it and went, okay, that needs a coat of primer. Well, apparently it needed four coats of primer. And the tannins were still slightly bleeding through. Well, I finally got over the primer. I, I, was, I was done with the primer, and I just slapped a coat of paint on it. And it actually started to look white. It looked really good. Um, from a distance, like a bit too close. Five coats of paint on it, and then it'll be white. And painting, there's, there's metal support pieces at the top. I mean, they were beams originally. I think they still are, just the bottom half of them are hidden in the wall. Because they had the metal, um, piece that the beam is bolted into at the top, you know, the cap, the metal cap, it slides over the beam, and then that metal cap is mounted to a support beam. So it's the outside wall, so it's obviously a support wall. So anyway, yeah, that's, that was what I've been doing since I got here last week. And I've been here a week now. And yesterday was, we finally got warm enough and the weather was nice enough that uh, 
we got to go outside. So there was a whole huge garbage pile in the vegetable garden that needed to be taken out to the dumpsters. So me and my sister and two kids, um, there's three of them, but the baby was napping. Uh, we loaded up garbage bins, like garbage cans, and we loaded up, took the sides off of their little red wagon and loaded them in there and walked beside the wagon to make sure that the garbage cans didn't fall out and they would pretend to pull and... It was so cute. And we'd get up there and they'd be taking like, you know, a piece of paper and throwing it into the big dumpster. So we got that all cleaned out and then we got the garden all raked up. And did you know that I cannot reach the bottom of a yard waste bag? Nope. I cannot. My arms are not long enough to reach the bottom of a yard waste bag to kick out the bottom of the bag so that it stands up. Like, you know, the paper bag, you have to unfold the bottom. Well, my nephew and I discovered a way to do that, and that is for me to slip it over my head, arms up, and then I can flatten the bottom. Getting out of the bag is a little more difficult. Um, he took some lovely pictures because I let him hold my phone. So, yeah, there are pictures of me with a lawn waste bag that comes down to my waist or just past my waist. Um, so I am half the length of a yard waste bag. <laughs> Two yard waste bag, I'm done. Um, but, yeah, we got that all cleaned up and then I got all up the sidewalk, the sidewalkway. Um, at the back end of the pool, I got that all cleaned up. And uh, today's job, there was a bunch of cedar. Now, like I said, there used to be a sauna inside, downstairs. So there was all the cedar wood. Um, and we're talking like solid three-inch planks, three-inch by two, or three-inch by four-inch. So it's probably a two-by-four, a two-by-four. But it felt thicker than a two by four. And this, this is tongue and groove, so it's stuck that I could fit it together. Um, and there was a ton of it because there was an entire room. And then there was the shower beside it, which was also in cedar. And there was cedar in the pool room as well. So there was a lot, a lot, a lot of wood, a lot of wood. Uh, no, we are not restarting now. Do not restart now. My computer wants to restart now. We are not going to restart now. <laughs> no, no. Um, so there was a lot of this wood. And it wasn't light. I'm not going to lie. I mean, each piece was very heavy. So I, would, I had to drag it. There was this cutting hole in the machine room for the pool. And the machine room is maybe a four by six inch room. It's not a very big room. It's got the water heater for the house in there. It's got the um, pump for the pool in there. There's another piece of equipment in there that's leaving apparently. And then when they built the music room and pantry, it's like a little dugout. It's like a little... I mean, it's cement, so it's not dug out dirt, but it's um, a little hobbit bomb shelter, and it's about eight feet long. 
It is only about three feet high, maybe less, because I had to bend my head down. I know I'm sure be quiet. Um, and that was sitting, not standing. And the boards that were in there, no, it, it, I think it's 10 feet wide. The boards that were in there were eight feet. So I, there was not a lot of wiggle room. So there were some serious matrix maneuvers to get these boards out. And then I had to get them under the pipes for the, the water heater and under the pipes. And, you know, they're not metal pipes anymore. They're PVC, so they're plastic. So you can't just throw a bunch of wood on top of plastic. So then I would get a pilot and I'd be like, okay. Now I have to climb out of this space, climb over these pipes, which were just almost too tall for me to be able to lift my legs over, and load the wheelbarrow, push the wheelbarrow uphill to the dumpster, unload, come back down, do it again. So it took me quite a while to get all that wood out. And I'm telling you, my back, my sciatic nerve, has packed its bags and headed for the coast. It's out of here. It's mad at me. I am in so much pain right now. <laughs> I'm trying. And that's, it probably sounds like I'm moving closer and farther away from the microphone because I am. I'm wiggling around on my bed trying to get my left or my right leg situated to where I can sit here and do my podcast for another. 35 minutes at least, um, and not, I've already been gone for 25 minutes, and, and not be, you know, whimpering and crying by the end of it, because right now I'm pretty close to that. <laughs> I have two pain pills left from when I had my surgery. Now, they're not anything major, it's just tore it all, so it's not like it's, you know, narcotic or anything. I took one. I've been bogarting those two pills because they work great for pain. They're not addictive. There's no narcotics in them. You don't get sleepy. You don't get loopy. It just it deals with the pain and moves on. And I took one. I was in that much pain. I took one. And I was in a lot of pain when I was in California, and I refused to take one. I was trying everything else possible because I refused to take one because, you know, I figured there's going to come a day I'm going to be in more pain. And that's kind of how I've gotten through a lot of the pain that I endure every day is and not, you know, turn to something stronger than Tylenol or Advil is, no, I don't want to take anything stronger because there will be a day when the pain will be worse. And then I'm falling over. Nope, just switch positions. Um, and then I don't want something stronger, so I just, nope, nope, nope. How a day that the pain will be worse, I can get through this. And I'm kind of trying to do that, but I, I, I couldn't do it today. I couldn't. Um, my legs hurt, the tops of my legs, every muscle in my legs hurt, because I, am, I use my legs a lot when I'm doing stuff. Um, when I'm working, I use my legs for a lot of things. So my, the muscles, even, it doesn't matter how fat I get or how out of shape I get, 
My calf muscle is always solid muscle. Like it is rock hard. Because I use my legs for everything. <laughs> I gotta move something, I will sit on my butt and push it with my legs. If I gotta carry something, I will carry it on the upper parts of my legs. I can use my legs for everything. If I'm gonna take somebody down, I'll use my legs. I'll kick you. Take care of your ankles, I'm telling you. So my legs are really sore. I hurt really, like, basically from the waist down, just hurts. <laughs> just hurts. Yes, I'm whining, I know. Um, I have a couple of battle scars today from some rusty nails. That'll be good. Um, the wood was sliding back. It didn't want to go. But, uh, it's not unusual for me to be bruised. Oh, yeah, I got a really good bruise on my left arm. I got stabbed with a uh, wooden fence yesterday. So, I had that bruise on my left arm. Um, yeah, it's not unusual when I'm doing physical labor to be covered in cuts and scrapes and bruises. <laughs> you know? It wouldn't be my body if it wasn't covered in it. It wouldn't have a cut or a scrape or a bruise somewhere. Um, I think people around me are just pretty much used to it. Like, what you do? Oh. And that's the thing. Some of the injuries that I get, I have absolutely no idea how I got them. I'm looking at a bruise going, where'd you come from? I don't remember banging you. Um, I have actually, I think it was two summers ago, I was doing rhinos in a house in Stony Creek, and I had a piece of scaffolding hit me, and um, it took a, it, it bruised my knee up really, really good, and that mark is actually still there. The bruise is gone, but the burn mark or like the, the yeah it's still there so yeah I, I carry my scars <laughs> but uh yeah so I'm getting good workout uh tomorrow I start on the pool um first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to excavate the underwater graveyard um yeah there's now I think at last count there were Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dead mice in the pool. Some of them look like um, nuclei. They're all, I don't know, it looks like they have, a, they look like a cell, really, with like a dark center. <laughs> They're all um, decomposed around them, so it's almost like this, this gelatinous bowl <laughs> around them. Five of them are in the same spot, so I'm hoping that it's just one scoop and, and you know, done into the bucket. <laughs> it's the ones that are down deep that I'm kind of concerned about, because <laughs> I really don't want to fall into the pool while I'm doing this, because the water's really gross. It's been sitting, unmoving, so it's kind of slimy, it's green, it's got dead things in it, <laughs> and every day there seems to be a new dead thing in it. Um, so yeah, my brother-in-law's hired a couple of the neighborhood boys, 13-year-old and a 16-year-old, Logan and Liam, 
and they'll be coming tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to get them to help me clear out the pool room so that I can pressure wash it and I can paint it. Um, and we're kind of joking around all about make the boys clean out the, the underwater. That's what I'm calling it. It's another underwater graveyard. And I got thinking, you know what? <laughs> That's probably a little traumatic for a 13-year-old boy or for a 16-year-old boy to have to remove the carcasses of dead mice from a swimming pool. I'll handle it. And then they'll see that a girl did it, and they'll do anything I ask them to do from that point on. <laughs> so, that's kind of how I get things done, is I do it first, so the guys kind of see, oh, I'm being outworked by a girl. I'm being outworked by an old girl. I need to up my game, and shit gets done. It's just how it worked. Except now there's nobody here that I need to motivate to do that. It's just me and my brother-in-law. And trust me, he's motivated. The realtor told him he's losing three grand a day not listing his house. The longer it goes, the more money he's losing. So he wants to get it listed soon. So they're coming Tuesday to take pictures. We're all leaving Wednesday. Um, my sister, my brother-in-law, and the kids are going up to my brother's, and I'm going home. This <laughs> guy's like, we well, come to New York too, right? And I'm like, why would I do that? Why would I drive two and a half hours to sleep in a house that doesn't have enough room for everybody? When I can drive an hour and 25 minutes and sleep in my own bed. I'm sleeping in my own bed. I have barely slept in my own bed. My own bed doesn't even have a divot on my side because I have not slept in my bed long enough to make a divot. Actually, I sleep in the middle, like kind of starfish in my bed. I sleep all over. Um, but yeah, my apartment still has that it's not quite your apartment smell to it. Because I haven't lived it, I haven't been there long enough for it to smell like me. Um, and I'm I'm okay with that. It's, it's kind of just where I store my stuff. Really. You know, I, I love my apartment. I really do. I love it. It's It's got a pretty view. It's in a pretty little town. Um, but it's not, I don't know. I don't think it's my forever home. It's not like, I'm never leaving here. I love it. You have to carry my dead carcass out of the house. 97. No. It's not that. <laughs> you know. It's, it's not, not my forever home. Um, I have a, a a picture in my head of what my forever home looks like, and that's not it. But anyway, that's just a, a fantasy at the moment. So yeah, my book. I'm sitting. I just my eyes kind of slid over and like, my book. <laughs> my book. It came out today, and I haven't checked recently. Um, but when I checked earlier, it was like number 26 out of 100, I think, on um, new releases. Oh, that's pretty good. For 100, I was in the top 40. So, we just hear me. The thing is, is every time you go, someone goes to... Um, your book or your, your page, there is like that. Where am I? Am I on 
I was sent a video to watch, and it's about Doug Ford, our premier of our promise, of our promise, of our province, which if you're American, that is your state senator, your state governor, whoever runs your state, whatever they're called, um, that he is going to, um, what was it? He's going to make uh, Ontario Works and ODSP more difficult, where he, he's going to help those of us on ODSP by making us get a job. Pretty sure he's missing the concept of disability. The reason why we're on disability is because we can't work. We don't want to. Not because we're lazy. It's because we have a physical condition that prevents us from being able to hold a job. So forcing us to go out and get a job by decreasing the amount of money that we get. Now, the last time um, the amount of money that a person received on the Ontario Disability Support Program was in, I do believe it was 2012, under the Mike Harris government, and he decreased the amount. So, I'm a little nervous, but like I said, I'm not going to get too far into it until I do some more research and I am better armed with some more information about what he's planning on doing. Like, remember, is he's planning on privatizing um, welfare and disability so that, you know, he can make money because that's what Doug's all about. Anyway, moving on. Um, so, my book. Again, we're back to my book. And there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, literally. Years in this book. Um, there's poems that I wrote for my dad. Uh, I wrote it, I think I wrote it. Um, if I can find it, let me just go to the handy dandy table of contents because it has one of those. My publisher is rumbling in my ear about the handy and table of contents. Um, I'm, I'm figuring out because um, he's putting in all of the works that I've done and that I appear in, and I have three solid books that are mine alone with my name on them that I've done, and I'm in five separate anthologies. Now, that's not counting the works that I'm in outside of which is on Dark Myth Publication Banner. I have a poem in another book by um, Brendan Myers. Oh, my brain just went blank. Um, I'm also in, I have a poem in another book. I can't remember the name of that one. Um, eating, I can't remember that one. Yeah, uh, uh, so it's just like write like poems that throw them around like confetti. Well, here you go. Oh, you want a poem? This one's for you. Here, catch. Um, 
There's another one. Yeah, the one that's in um, A Peggy Testament by Brendan Myers. That one was actually written in the Corktown pub. We were sitting around talking, and he said something, and it triggered the creation of his poems. Like, all of a sudden, all the words were, like, scrolling through my, my brain, like, ticker tape. And it was written on the back of a napkin with an eyeliner. <laughs> that's all we had at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I scribbled it down on the back of a napkin and I handed it to him and he looked at it and he went, oh, can I have this? I don't personally have an original copy of that poem. He does. On a napkin. With eyeliner. Red eyeliner. Blue eyeliner. With blue eyeliner. So. Oh, gosh. Uh... Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, the book's called Pagan Testament, it's in there, by Brendan, Dr. Brendan Myers, the doctor of psychology, so they're a little pretentious, he knows, I've said it to him, I've told him, <laughs> he's even got like the little John Lennon glasses, and it's really funny, too, because he had been paying as long as I've known him. Um, and he, his life partner, which is what he's calling her, she's Jewish. She's actually, um, I do believe she's a rabbi. A Jewish rabbi. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting um, dynamic that the two of them have. They, they're pretty much celebrating a holiday every other day. <laughs> Just either her face or his. There's something going on. Um, but yeah, he calls her. He won't call her his girlfriend or his fiance or it's his life partner. <laughs> oh, dude. They're so pretentious and scary. We've gotten into some really heated philosophical conversations because he's. As a doctor in philosophy, he seems to think he knows it all, and that he's the smartest person in the room, and that his um, way of seeing it philosophically is the correct way. And there have been so many times where I have gone, oh, hold on, and I have loaded up my shotgun of logic. And I blasted hole in this philosophy. And he's got no shit. <laughs> and we started again. And there's been times where he's changed my um, way of thinking about something. And there has been times where I have changed his way of thinking about something. It's kind of a, it's an interesting dynamic. But, uh, yeah. So... No, my last week, I mean, that's why he goes to psychology, not philosophy, because psychology tells you you don't know shit. <laughs> and that is verbatim. I'm really good at reciting words, things back. I have a really good memory for that. Anyway. Oh, that's something else, too, I'll tell you about. Okay, hold on. Back to my book. Musings for me. Back to my book. I was actually going to read you a poem, and I'm trying to find it. I don't know which one. Um...
you go there at night, and we actually took a group of novice paranormal investigators, and we started out fairly tame. We took them to some graveyards, cemeteries that had no energy at all. We called them novel southern cemeteries. There's nothing there. And then we'd work them up. We'd take them to one that's a little more active and just kind of work them up to Fuller. And we would end our, our tour at Fuller Avenue. And we would take them down. Uh, we'd drive down the end of the road and we'd take the, the trail in. We wouldn't go into the bush because there were no trails that would take you to the house. And it would be very easy to get lost. And there were coyotes and there were bobcats and a whole bunch of other wild animals that the one to be messing with. Um, and this one particular night, Misha and I jokingly told the group that we were taking in that if we turn to run, don't question it, just follow. Because if your guys are scared enough that they turn around and they book it out of there, you don't want to be there. We all had a good laugh. And we went, and we're walking, and of course Misha and I are in front because we are trained professionals. So we know when we come across something, stop, explain to the group what's going on, break out the equipment, let them play around with it, decide whether or not this is a good place for them to be playing around with stuff, and move on. So her and I are walking, and we had this creepy, you-shouldn't-be-here feeling the minute we stepped out of the van. But we may be trained professionals, but sometimes we're not all that bright. <laughs> tired to talk about myself. I'm being teased because I keep trying to talk about my book and getting distracted. Anyway, Long story short, we ended up heading down this trail and we walked into what felt like just a wall of ick. It was so dark and so malevolent, evil is the only word I can come up with, that her and I pretty much, like, she was grabbing me, I was grabbing her, throw her behind me so that I could get at her, and we just booked it back to the van and we left the group back there. Took them a minute to figure out what was going on before they decided they should join us. But the clearing in this poem is inspired from the clearing that is on that land. And I'm sitting sitting on my kitchen table, I think. And I had the window open a crack and I could hear the snow melting. And when snow melts, because the snow on the ground just kind of erodes away and it'll create a little divot and as it's dripping off your house and the icicles are melting, they make puddles and you hear it, you know, drip, 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 drip. And that's kind of how um, this uh, poem was born. Read to you because there are names in it I can't pronounce. But they fit. Um, so, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I like it.
after the way you became a snow. And I wrote that in the spring. Or no, I wrote that in, at Christmas at Yule. I mean, I can... Some of these I look at, and I don't remember writing them. I know I wrote them because... Oh, okay. Um, I know I wrote them because it's my chicken scratch on my computer, but I don't actually remember writing it. And once I write it and it's gone and I put it out there, it takes a bit. But then somebody goes, I needed to hear that today. Or that resonated with me, that touched me, that meant something to me. And then I go, ah. much see 
the uh, struggle, inner struggle that women have with their inner child, with their desire to be a woman, but still be whimsical and free and magical and, and viewed that way. You, know, you want to be viewed as a free spirit, as um, mysterious and magical, and, and you want to be viewed as a warrior, you want to be viewed as a woman and strong, and yeah, Some guys just throw up their hands, oh, okay, whatever. Whatever you, whoever you are today, uh, we'll roll with it. Because speaking as a woman, we want to use so many different things um, that's hard for them to keep up. <laughs> Who are you today? What are, what are you today? Are you a princess? Or are you Zena? <laughs> Which one are you going with? And, you know, some days that can change moment to moment. <laughs> he said toaster didn't pop up. That's kind of funny. Alright. Um, I think I've read. I don't know. I think I have it. Yeah, there's another one. I was having a rather rough patch. Talk about a really rough patch when I wrote this one. And uh, I had just recently gone through, um, not a suicide attempt, but it was more of a suicide contemplation. Yeah. And I, I had done the research, I knew just how many I had to take, had all my heart pills, everything all ready to go, they were all lined up, knew the dose, all of that. I called the hotline. Well, they were only open Monday and Thursdays, I think. So you could only have breakdowns on certain days to call the suicide hotline in town. Yeah. So I'm going to actually read this one. It's called Survival. What do you do when you are suddenly so overwhelmed that you can't hold back the tears? Where do you turn when you have always been the one with smiles? Who is there to hold your hand? How do you pick up the pieces from something you didn't even know was broken? Where do you start? Where do you start moving on when you didn't know where? Hold on, that again. Where do you start moving on when you didn't know where it finished? Where are the answers when the questions seem so distant? Answers never come easy, not when it counts. Hands are few and far between when it's pain that holds them. Sometimes the smiles crack, waver, and fall, just a little. Life only throws at you what you can survive, or so they say. Cry when crying is needed. Laugh even when alone. I laugh when I'm by myself quite often. Scream if it's building to burst, but live. Live in all the colors of me. Don't set your feelings away in a box to be opened someday. Ride every roller coaster, ravel in every high, every low, and all the ground in between. To live is to survive. To survive is to live. So survive with every ounce of emotion, every tear, every step. Live your survival in blazing color, in true, honest emotion. Cry when you need 
blank my mark and leave a space, or fade off into the shadows of a passing thought on a day full of hearts. What kind of memory do I want to be? Do I want to be remembered for me? Some grand tragedy bemoaned and wailed. Then words, words came to me, blowing into my head, bouncing around on all my uncertainties, tickling my insecurities, wrapping sharply between my eyes. When I'm gone, my mark won't matter, my space won't be empty. Life will continue and the wheel will turn. Children will grow, have children of their own, and I will become a picture in a book, put away on a shelf. The time is now, the space is here, the mark I make are my words. The love I share with those I choose, the hands I hold with care, they are my legacy, they are my place, they are what I will leave behind. Each moment I have, each breath that I take is a journey, on a road that only my feet can tread. What I carry with me what matters now. When I look in the mirror and the goddess looks back from my eyes, when I start every battle with the answer to what love would do, I will create my legacy and carve out my mark. The words that I write, the ones floating in my head, are my guides on the journey I take. They tell my story in pieces and bits, the highs, the lows, and the glory. They say to live each day like you were dying, but I say live each day like you were living. Live your life by rules that make you work, creeds that make it hard. Forgive when you can't, love when you won't, help when you need it the most. Help when you need it the most. For life is too short to carry a grudge, and a chip belongs in a cookie. Frowns cause you wrinkles, and hate makes you tired, and rage is a little rookie. My words may not rhyme or always make sense, but they are my own to leave behind. I thank God for a gift so precious for the windows into my mind. Go buy the book. Music for me. Mythmart. Amazon.ca. Alright, that's it. That's all I can do. I can't talk about myself anymore. It just makes me uncomfortable talking about myself. Or my work. Really unsettling realization. It's probably hidden with a pang of panic. My contract is complete. I am no longer contractually obligated to my publisher. I am not. Now you watch how quickly he's going to have another contract drawn up for me. <laughs> we had a contract. I had a contract with him for three books. And my three book contract, because he forced my poetry book into making. Um, so you kind of shot yourself in the foot, sir. My my three book contract, unless of course you know he did that intentionally, my three book contract is now complete. And uh and I'm now a free agent. I have completed mm? <laughs> We're just going to kind of let him have a moment with that, and I'm going to wrap up this podcast with a few uh, Florida Man headlines, and then I think you and I are going to have to have a conversation. 
So, and I, I don't have the stories behind these. Um, I just have the headlines, just because the headlines were absolutely hilarious. Um, so, the first headline Florida man arrested. Surprise, surprise. For distracting traffic. Well, also urinating. Okay, you know what? I've heard guys that can like write their name in cursive while they pee. But to be able to direct traffic? With your pee, you can sprinkle to the left and squirt uh, to the right. Oh, that's talent. I'm telling you, that's talent. All right. <laughs> Police say man with no hands and no legs. He's <laughs> armed and on the road. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, oh, this one actually kind of a little write-up. It says, authorities in Florida are searching for an armed quadruple amputee who reportedly been on the run since Tuesday, hoping to question him about his involvement in a double murder. Dude's been busy. Can't leave fingerprints. Okay, Florida man. Okay, yes. we've, we've done the, the private plane part map. Before. What is going on here? What? I have this. Wow, I don't even know what this auto generated thing was saying. Something about a hot tunnel in a movie. I don't know. We're moving on. Okay. Um, I actually know people that would do this because it would be an absolute tragedy for them. And the sad thing is, I gave birth to them. Florida man calls 911 after placing station. Okay, versus two of them. Except for my daughter, who would leave her ass off. Yeah. Do you know anybody who would lose their mind if their PlayStation stopped working? Yeah. Florida man faces two weeks in jail for eating evidence in court. Do you get munchies? <laughs> Jokes for that headline that I didn't use the last time I read that headline. <laughs> Florida man arrested for calling 911 after his cat was denied entry into a strip club. You know? into the tree. Apparently he was sampling the product. He had to have been. Live um, caption. Every time the new legend is born because every bet with bet MGM is a potential for a cry out loud. It's an ad. Alright. So this is um, a caption from Late Night with Seth after being arrested for, oh, this is continuing on, I think. 
to being arrested for crashing his car into a shopping mall in Florida and explained to police that he was trying, trying to time travel. Which is crazy. You want to travel 15 years into the future, just leave Florida.
I kind of went from a rock to a hard place because the bag of crystals was great. But very firm. Uh, a little hard. Not quite rock hard, but a little hard. This bag is no better. It's a father bag, so it has to be firm. So, you know, face doesn't get switched in the matches. you all next week. See ya. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.